everybody here can easily understand. Just because it's late doesn't mean we're done yet. I'm That's a penalty. And the quarterback, you kidding me, coach? There's still plenty more hits to dish out. Well, he really hit the shit out of that one, didn't he? Look at that. He hit the fucking ball. That gets a free stake. <laughs> this is Late Hits. Late Hits. On ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Patrick Creighton. Two Astros playoff victories. <laughs> the 1-1 pitch. Swinging a ground ball right side. Altuve to his left. Dives, fields. He throws to second. That's all he can get. Great play by Altuve to get one out. But Jimenez is able to reach first and drive in Robert. And the White Sox strike first in game two. It's one nothing Chicago in the first inning. Giolito's pitch. Tucker swings, hits a ground ball through the left side, base hit. Gurriel is waved around third. He will score without a throw. And Kyle Tucker ties the game with a first pitch RBI single off Lucas Giolito in the second. Swinging a high fly ball to left field. He got under it. Jimenez comes in, makes the catch in medium left, fires for the plate. Wow. The throw on Correa is not in time. It kicks away from Grandal, but Giolito backs it up. A sacrifice fly scores Correa, Tucker to third behind it, and Chaz McCormick with an RBI in his first postseason at bat. It's 2-1 Houston. That is hit on a line to left field. Alvarez to his right. It's over his head off the wall. Garcia scores. Anderson to third. Robert a wide turn. He'll retreat to first as Alvarez got the ball in off the short porch wall in left field. But Luis Robert comes through again. He ties the game with an RBI single off the scoreboard in left field. And the White Sox and Astros are all square at two here in the fifth. Swinging a line drive over Altuve's jumping into center field, a base hit. And the White Sox take the lead. Anderson scores. Robert stops at second on the throw in from center. And Abreu adds a second postseason RBI to his 117 in the regular season. It's Chicago 3 and Houston 2 on an RBI base hit from Jose Abreu. The 1-2. Swinging a pop-up. Left center field. Medium range left center. Alvarez underneath it. Makes the catch. Comes up firing. The throw is cut off in the middle of the infield by Gurriel as Roberts scores from third. Grandal with a sacrifice fly. And the White Sox bring in their third run of the inning. It's 4-2 Chicago in the fifth. Bases loaded one out. The 0-2. Hit on the ground and through. A base hit center field to tie the game. Altuve scores and Bregman behind him. Alvarez stops at second. It's a two-strike, two-run single for Yuli Gurriel. The 2-0. Swinging a ground ball in the center field. A base hit. Altuve scores easily from third. Bregman takes second. Alvarez grounds in the go-ahead run. It's 5-4 Houston in the seventh. 3-1 pitch. And on a line to right, Garcia going back. It's over his head. It will reach the wall. Bregman is in. Alvarez waved around third. Cut throw to the plate. Not in time. A two-run, two-out double for Carlos Correa. 1-0 to Tucker. Slug deep out to left. Jimenez back at the wall. It's gone. Oh, my goodness. It's a seventh-inning monsoon. The Houston Astros.
uh, courtesy ESPN Radio, as heard right here on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5, your FM radio home for Astros playoff baseball. Your Houston Astros pull out the whooping stick in the seventh inning, and they blast the White Sox 9-4 to four and take a two-games-to-none lead in the ALDS. And Look, the fact that the Astros could throw uh, a left-handed starter, which the White Sox mash lefties, and Fromber gave them an okay start. You know, two of those runs that he was charged with four runs, two of those runs came in after he left because uh, Yimmy Garcia, since becoming an Astro, has been among the best in all of baseball at allowing inherited runners to score. But then after that, the Astros' pen, shutting it down. Shut out innings from Phil Maton, Ryan Stanek, who gets the dub. Ryan Presley, who came in in the eighth. And then Kendall Graveman, who pitched the ninth. No, no runs allowed, by, no earned runs charged to the bullpen. Even though maybe Yimmy Garcia's line, a little misleading because he did allow both inherited runners to score. But we were talking about this yesterday, and and it kind of plays in here today as well. Yesterday, the Astros had a one to nothing lead, and then on a play where ground ball to third, and Altuve is the runner at third base. We got a fast runner at third. It's a one nothing game, and there's one out in the inning. Moncada has to range to his left to field the ball, pivot, fire home, and can't get Altuve runs too fast. When he should have just gone to first, conceded the run, and gotten the out, two outs, nobody on you, down 2 nothing. but it's only the third inning, and you've still got a lot of baseball to play. So the Astros today never got into one of those panicky modes where they're playing the infield in, or they're trying to rush a play defensively. They got down one nothing. They came back, took a 2-1 lead. They gave up three in the fifth. Four, two White Sox come right back bottom half of the inning and answer with two of their own. Nothing takes the sale out of a team. Like, after they just score and take a lead or tie a game, you come back and punch them right back in the mouth and erase everything they did. All right, the White Sox were down. They took a lead. Astros come back. Boom, okay, we're tied. And that was that. And it looked like it took the wind out of their sails. Two innings later, well, five Astros come across the plate, and the route is on. And these are the subtle nuances in baseball that cause changes in momentum, and really that that win you games. The Astros answering the White Sox right away in the fifth, you could see it, it took some of the wind out of their sails. And then when the Astros hung five in the seventh, the White Sox had nothing. They, they had no answer. 
And even when they got guys on, it didn't feel like they were going to do anything. Except to maybe Joel Blank, who, or Jeremy Brown, who's every time a different Astros reliever would come in, they'd be on Twitter. Oh, my God, not that guy. I mean, guys, who the hell do you want to pitch? You know, we can't just throw starters every inning. Guys in the bullpen got to get outs. And you know what? They got outs. Kendall Graveman threw 26 pitches. Now he can't pitch game two. Wrong. And yeah, he threw back-to-back days. And you know what? Now he's going to have a day off. And they're not going to play until Sunday night. So you get a day game. And then you get a day off. And then you get a night game. There's like day and a half of rest. So Presley, Graven, plenty of rest. Nothing to worry about. You know, and for all his regular season struggles, Phil Maton out there, old spin rate. Spin rate getting a punch out. Spin rate getting guys out. He's static. Always got guys on base, but seems to get out of it. You know, Ryan Presley let a guy get on. Didn't matter. Kendall Graben let two guys get on. Didn't matter. Astros had a pair of double plays. You know, one one of these things earlier in the game, uh, one of the things that, even when Fromber doesn't have his best stuff, Fromber fields his position very well. When Fromber makes his delivery, he is ready to field the ball. Uh, The one that came right back at his face, obviously, uh, not included. But generally, ground balls back to Fromber. Fromber snags him. And he turned. He started a big, you know, uh, one four three double play to get out of a jam because he gets ground balls, and they play defense. And boy, if today did not highlight the difference in defense of these two teams, defense is not always errors. Defense sometimes is knowing how to play a ball. Getting a good read on a ball. Defense sometimes is just high baseball IQ. As evidenced by Yuli Gurriel, who snags a ball uh, right on the line at first, and instead of getting up to look at the runner who was, you know, a few steps away from him, stepped on the bag and then ran the runner down. That's high baseball IQ. That got the Astros a free double play. Because Yuli just used his brain. And then we saw plays where, you know, the White Sox, look, there is a reason why the Astros this year were number three in defensive run saves, uh, defensive run saved as a team. They also have an elite defensive infield. And they got, outside of, you know, Brantley and and Alvarez, everybody else who plays outfield on this team, they can go fetch. And we saw Luis Robert. Somebody's got to tell that guy he's got to change his name to Louis Robert so it actually sounds kind of cool. Because Luis Robert sounds like a dude that never gets out of A-ball. But, uh... Not uh, Louis Garcia. Lurie Garcia is their second baseman. Lurie Garcia 
gets moved to right field later in the game and plays a fly ball by Carlos Correa into a run-scoring double. Fly ball right over his head, and he got turned around on it, and the ball whizzes right past him. Kyle Tucker makes that play. Kyle Tucker makes that play without a lot of trouble. Lurie Garcia doesn't know where the hell the ball is, and now it's a two-run double. And we all know what happened when Kyle Tucker came to bat in that inning. The defense between these two teams is showing in spades. And it's the Astros who have one, and it's the White Sox who don't. Take a minute here to tell you about our friends at MyBookie. You know, MyBookie is the best place to bet on sports. They've got lines on everything. They have lines on every game, uh, every prop bet, live in-game betting, right? You got everything at MyBookie. And right now, Use promo code BET975 and you get your next deposit doubled up to $1,000. It doesn't matter if you're a new customer or a previous customer or a current customer. None of it matters at all. All that matters is that you use promo code BET975 and bam, you get Double your deposit up to $1,000 in your account right freaking now. How awesome is that? You can bet with MyBookie on your phone, on your laptop, on your tablet. It's easy. That makes it easy to win, and winning is fun. And you get your next deposit doubled up to $1,000 with promo code BET975. So bet on anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. This is Late Hits on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Patrick Creighton. So, Lucas Giolito did not exactly look like an ace today. Not only did he not make it out of the fifth, not only gave up four runs, he walked five dudes the biggest reasons why the Astros got all the runs they did. Well, White Sox kept putting guys on base. Free pass. At one point, they they walked three guys to load the bases in one inning. Astros six walks today to go along with ten hits. It's 16 base runners. And then the important stat, you know, the uh, runners in scoring position. White Sox, 2 of 11. Astros, 6 of 11. You don't get timely hitting. You don't score runs. You know, and and, uh, if you remember uh, back on Wednesday afternoon when I was in for Charlie, we had White Sox Dave, Dave Williams, who uh, is with Barstool Sports. Had White Sox Dave on. And I asked him about Craig Kimbrell. Because Kimbrell 
on the north side, Kimbrell on the south side, two totally different pitchers. And, you know, look, he pretty much told us Kimbrell has not been right. Well, Kimbrell gave up a bomb to Kyle Tucker. Ba-bomb. That is not how they thought the seventh inning was going to go. Now, he did say that Bummer had been pitching well. <laughs> That's over. You know, uh, they had issues with, you know, Crochet couldn't stop the bleeding for Giolito. And then Bummer got punched in the face. And then Kimbrell got punched in the face. Now, it's great Liam Hendricks, you know, who's been one of the best closers in baseball for the last several years, comes in and, and pitches the eighth inning and, you know, clean inning, two strikeouts. You're down 9-4. He's just in there to get some work in. That might as well have been a side session or some bullpen work. Game's totally out of hand there. Now, I've heard some criticism of Tony La Russa not using, I guess, not going to Liam Hendricks earlier in the game. How many times do we see guys go to their closer in the seventh? It's one thing to go to your closer in the eighth, right? If if the other team has the heart of their order coming up, one-run game, this is the game in the eighth. And you go to your stud in the eighth in that spot. You're not going to your closer in the seventh inning. You know what? You're asking guys who get you outs all year long to come in and get you some freaking outs. You're also asking them to do it against the best lineup in baseball, and the Astros score a lot of late runs. The Astros beat up other teams' bullpens. You know, and for Craig Kimbrell, who left one out over the plate, now it was, you know, outside part of the plate, and Tucker goes with it and just blasts it over the fence, but you leave one middle plate, I mean, guys, Kyle Tucker's not missing that this year. Kyle Tucker has, has come into his own. Kyle Tucker had the highest OPS on the Astros for the season. In 917. That is like starting all-star level OPS. I think about how you know how many runs the Astros scored. They didn't have a ton of guys with 100 RBI. They had a lot of guys with, you know, 90, 80. Everybody drives in everybody. Up and down the lineup. You know, the balance in the lineup is what makes them so dangerous. You get through that lineup, I mean, the only guy in the lineup that you could say, all right, we could definitely get this guy out, is Maldonado. He's the only guy that you are not concerned, hey, I can't leave one out for this guy. Maybe you're not real scared of Chaz McCormick, but one through seven, you're you're scared. I think about this: a game where Michael Brantley struck out three times, and Michael Brantley never strikes out three times. Michael Brantley struck out three times. Bregman had two hits, and Tucker had two hits, 
and everybody in the lineup, one through eight, had at least one hit. They just kept putting a ton of guys on base, and eventually they brought them all home. Yeah, and the White Sox continue to make boneheaded decisions in the field. You know, they don't know where to throw the ball. They don't know how to play the ball. You know, we saw a, a kind of a scary situation there when Mankata was, they, they were in the shift, and Mankata's basically playing short, and he's going to chase down a foul pop-up, and he loses his footing, and he slams into the wall with both knees. I'm glad he wasn't hurt. You don't want to see guys get hurt. But you also feel like, how do you, like, get yourself on ice skates in that situation? Like, he didn't have a feel for where the wall was. He didn't have a feel of how to slow down. And ultimately, that's why he hit, he hit the skates. You know, part of being a good fielder is knowing your way around the stadium, knowing your way around the wall, knowing where things are. He slowed down because he got nervous about where the wall was. He did not want to pull a Derek Jeter and eat a chair. As a result, he doesn't catch the ball, and he gets shaken up, and then later on in the game, you see him, he's not running so well. Yeah, but think about this. The the White Sox first three hitters in the lineup had eight hits and two walks. Combined them only scored three times. Pat, I got a stat for you here. The White Sox have fifteen hits the first two games. First team in major league history to start their first two playoff games with 15 or more hits, and not have a single extra base hit. All ones. All ones. That OPS is low. That slugging percentage is low. All ones. You know, they're they're not making real big contact. They're, They're getting hits, but these aren't rockets that are being hit. You know, we have a broken bat single to center and ground ball into right field. You know, a little flare into right field. These aren't, you know, 108 miles an hour off the bat rockets. And, you know, the Astros, who had 10 hits, only had three extra base hits. But Sacks always got Astros on them because they had six walks. You just keep, I mean, you keep going around the bases. And you remember there was a play earlier in the game where Michael Brantley, um, Brantley hustled it down the line to get to first. And then like, Bregman had a hit and Brantley got held up at third. Brantley, Brantley had a double. He had a hit and he got around first and then he was chugging it to get to second. And the throw was a lackadaisical throw coming in from left field. There's no way Michael Brantley should get a double on that ball. Michael Brantley runs as slow as I do. Now, granted, he's hurt and I'm just fat. But Michael Brantley's got no wheels right now at all. And he was able to stretch a single into a double 
because they just played the ball nonchalantly. And then he gets held up at third on the Bregman hit because Bregman had a ball hit to left, so it was a short throw coming in. And look, he's not running very well. There was no reason to push him. You know, so, you know, they don't they don't push him, and then ultimately they don't score a run in that inning. But, again, it shows the Astros were not feeling so desperate. Oh, wow, we have to score every run, every chance we get. I'm going to send him, even though he might be out by 10 feet. The Astros don't panic. They don't pressure themselves of, oh, we've got to force this play because they know they're going to make more opportunities. And that's been one of the differences in this series is the White Sox have pressed and the White Sox have played just terrible defense. We'll get to your call, 713-780-3776 on your Astros victory on the other side. It's Late Hits. ESPN 97.5. At the wall, jumps, and he makes the catch. The Houston Astros and Chicago White Sox square off in game three of the ALDS. First pitch is Sunday at 7.07. 1-0 to Tucker, slug deep out to left. Jimenez back at the wall, it's gone! Oh my goodness! Hear every single pitch of the Astros postseason on your home of the 2021 World Series. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. This is what we do, we do. You're listening to Late Hits on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Patrick Creighton. I love when you play Priest. You always play Priest. Priest, Maiden. You can never go wrong with Priest and Maiden. 9-4. How you feel about your Astros right now? Because uh, Tampa, who kicked Chris Sale in the behind, grand slam in the first. Well, Boston's fought back. It's 5-4. And uh, a raise win would give them a 2-0 series lead as well. And then uh, other games that you got today, you know, uh, Milwaukee beat Atlanta 2-1, to one, so they've got a one-game-to-nothing lead in that NLDS. And then later on tonight, Dodgers in San Francisco. and Well, one of the teams with the two-best record in the league is going to be uh, out of the playoffs by Tuesday. This is how sad I am. Do I look sad? Am I doing the sad voice, sad face? You look straight up despondent from my view, Pat. Devastated, right? I I am hoping that that winds up being a five-game series. And in game five, it's like a tie game that goes 15 innings. And they all got to burn their whole staffs to try to advance to the NLCS. And then they won't have a lot of time before the NLCS because they went the full five games. And they burn their whole staff. Oh, I want like 16 innings, game five, 
Every pitcher on the staff coming in. That'll be awesome. And, uh, you know, I, I thought from about the middle of the season on, we were going to get Astros, Rays, ALCS, redo. And I still think we're, go- we're going to get Astros, Rays, ALCS, redo. And the truth is I want the Rays. I want the Rays I want to beat them. You know, we beat the Rays in 2019. They beat us in 2020. Now we need to come back and kick them in the ass. Take the rubber match. And no seven-game series nonsense. Yeah, five games. Bang, get rid of them. That's what I want to see. You know, we talk about you know, the, the Astros and the White Sox both being uh, among the, the best offenses in the American League. And the starting pitching both being very good. Well, after that, uh, it was going to be, well, which bullpen was going to show up? Astros' pen has shown up. White Sox' pen is not. And which team's going to play defense? Astros' defense is light and light years, night and day, better than the White Sox. And it's costing the White Sox runs. And there's no amount of really anything else. If you just play poor defense, your pitchers get discouraged because, all right, well, that should have been that should have been an out. Instead, it's a hit and a run. That could have been two. We only got one. Why'd you throw to that base? Now we don't have an out. These are the things that have gone on. There was a you know point made during the broadcast. You know, White Sox pitcher making delivery and not in position to field the ground ball because of the way they fall off instead of, you know, delivering a ball and then being able to become that fifth fielder and get square to the plate. These are things that matter. You know, you get a pitcher who has good control and fields his position and for the most part, holds runners well enough that they're not just running wild on them, that guy gives you a chance to win every game. Uh, Bobby and Katie, you're on late hits. What's up, Bobby? Hey, uh, I was just calling to see who you think is going to be favored in the uh, Rays-Astros series. I got the Astros against the White Sox on my bookie, but uh, curious who you think they're going to favor in the uh, next series. Well, I'll tell you what. Since the Rays had the 100 wins, uh, I think the Rays would probably be favored. But the Astros did take four out of six. They took two or three in Houston. They took two or three in St. Pete. So, look, I I think the Astros are a better team. I know Tampa had more wins in the regular season. Tampa also didn't deal with as many injuries as the Astros did. They didn't lose a week and a half to COVID where half team wasn't in a lineup. Now, the Astros are one of the streakiest teams that I can recall in recent memory. But I told you, every time the Astros go through a lull, they get off the mat and then they rake for three weeks. Well, what happened right at the very end of the season? They had a low. And now what's going on? Now they're hot. Now they're hitting. 
and they're hitting against a team with good pitchers. They're hitting against a team that can hit back. Astros are hot right now. 15 runs in two games. That's that's not slouching. Now, Rays have, have five runs on the board tonight, too. But I also think getting uh, getting another shot at the Rays in the ALCS. You got a lot of guys on this Astros team who are looking for that opportunity to, to get revenge. Right? You got four guys in the infield who are your four guys, four of your five from your 2017 team. You've, you've got essentially, because Marwin doesn't really count, he's on the roster. You got five guys on this team who are still from the 2017 team. Four of them play in the infield. They know it might be their last year together. They want to win. They want to get a win. Tony, you're on late hits. What's up, Tony? Tony. Hello. Come on, Tony. You got to talk. Hello. Yeah. Hey. Are you there? No, nobody's here. <laughs> what? Why are we? Why are we so upset? Is what I'm trying to understand. I just tuned in and I got in the car after work, and I'm sitting here. We're, we live in Houston, don't we? I mean, I'm like. Why do we care how bad the the White Sox decision? I'm glad. Excellent. Make more bad decisions and and let us win quicker. Why are we upset about this? Who said we're upset about it? what I'm trying to understand. Who said we're upset about it? We're just breaking down the game, Tony. Oh, all right. Well, I mean, because I'm sitting here listening to you go on about how poor their decisions were. and And I'm like, good, good. Make even worse ones. You know, in the next game. Hey, I'm, I'm with you, but, but th- these decisions, these bad decisions, these are contributing to Astros' wins. I, I have no problem. They want to keep handing the series to, to, to Houston. Great, but but this is this is breaking down the game, Tony. This is why the Astros are getting more opportunities, why the Astros are scoring runs, because they keep doing dumb things. Well, I, I agree with you, but I'm certainly not upset about no, it. No, don't be upset about it. Like I said, I'm just breaking down the game. <laughs> We're just breaking down the okay. game, Tony. I, I just, I was lost for a second. Maybe I'm completely, I didn't hear the whole take and, and the whole start of the show. I came out of my store and I got in the car and I was like, wow, why, why is he so bummed out that they're making bad decisions? Oh, no, listen, I don't have a problem with them making bad decisions. They keep making bad decisions while they're at it. Leave some more bulls out over the plate. They can go 400 feet. We'll all be very happy on Sunday night. You know what, Tony? You, you, you own a store. You've been working hard all week. You're tired. What you yeah. need to do is go home, kick back, crack open a beer or two, sit down, enjoy yeah. the rest of your night. That's what you need to do. All right. Uh, all right, man. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm good. I'm good with the win. I, you know, sometimes we got to have them hand them to us. But, uh, you know, I just – that was funny, though. To myself, I was like, why – is he upset about this? 
Appreciate the call, Tony. No, nah, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm not certainly not upset about it. I mean, who doesn't want to see the Astros win? People in Chicago. But who cares about them? We'll shoot each other tomorrow. No big deal. 9-4 Astros. Two games up. 713-780-3776-713-780. ESPN, you want to get in on your Astros being up two games to none in the ALDS. You know the number. We'll get to you next. Years of research and innovation. Innovation Map is the new voice of innovation in Houston. Pretty cool, huh, Morty? Covering startups, tech, energy, health, social impact, and more. Visit innovationmap.com today. Do it now. Do it. Do it. Do it now. This is Late Hits on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Patrick Creighton. Late Hits, ESPN 97.5. And uh, I'm going to take a minute here to tell you about our friends down at the West Barn Grill. You know, the West of Beaumont Institution. The West, always a great place to catch all the games all the time. In fact, you're uh, watching the Astros down at the West. You get $3 Kravenbach pints going down. Sunday, you want to watch all the NFL games? Well, they got all the NFL games because they got the Sunday ticket. Not a lot of places in Beaumont have the Sunday ticket, but the West does. And you can go down to the West and pop open the menu and see steaks and shrimp and wings and burgers and catfish and more You'll find something you love on the menu, and then they got all your favorite beers and wines and spirits so that you can enjoy your meal and your drink while you're watching your favorite games or maybe while you're playing your favorite games because you want to play games? Well, they got them at the West. Pool, darts, ping pong, shuffleboard, arcade games. Always a good time going down at the West. Happy hour in effect all day till 6 o'clock. When you get there, ask for my buddy Mike Hamilton. Mike's the owner. He's going to take great care of you. The West Bar and Grill, 6445 Calder Avenue in Beaumont, half mile north of I-10. Check out their Facebook page for events, the West Bar and Grill. Get your friends together and head to the West. It's a Beaumont institution. Now, uh, there has been some, some social media dialogue. And now there is plenty of stories up on most major publications regarding the broadcast team for the Astros and the White Sox. And just so that everybody understands, Buck Showalter is 65 years old. He was the youngest member of the broadcast team. Bob Costas is 69, allegedly. I think it might be 169, not sure. And Jim Cott's 82. To give you an idea of, of how old school Jim Cott is, Jim Cott broke into the majors with the Washington Senators in 1959. That's 14 years before I was born. And around this station, I'm an old. I mean, it's 14 years before I was born, and, like, I can't even imagine, like, at least 30 years before Andrew was born. Andrew, were you born before 1989? No. 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 No chance. Let's see. Were you born before 1995? Yes. Barely. 
Just by a hair. All right. So basically, Jim Cott broke into the league 35 years before Andrew was born. Andrew was not 35 years old. And for a league that is trying to connect with a younger audience, getting three guys together where the youngest one is 65 and could probably call the oldest guy Boomer. I mean, 65, 69, and 82? I'm not questioning their careers, right? Jim Codd has won a bunch of awards for his broadcasting career. But he's 82 years old. He's a little out of touch with reality right now. Bob Costas is 69, and I swear, he must have been like sitting in a lazy boy with like a Sherlock Holmes hat and a pipe in his mouth reminiscing about the joys of yesteryear for half the damn game. Buck's got that old drawl, you know, the way he talks. Buck's still sharp. But, again, he's 65 years old. You're not relating to a younger audience when you got three guys in there who are basically telling stories about stuff from the 50s and the 60s and the 70s, maybe even a little about the 80s, and half your audience wasn't born yet. Now, for somebody like me, who's a baseball head and, and, and a baseball historian and is also pushing 50, hearing some of those stories, all right, that's great. Hey, I remember this. I remember that. For somebody who's Andrew's age, and I'm not saying this about Andrew, I'm saying this about the overwhelming majority of people between 22 and 30, they don't give a flying rat's tail about stuff that happened in the 50s. Not a one. They don't care about stuff that happened in the 90s. It's not now. Not interested. The overwhelming majority of players who played in this game, ZFG, stuff that happened before 2005. Most of the players today who are under 30, not only do they not care about what happened in the 60s and 70s, they wouldn't even know who the hell played. They're not interested. They're trying to win in the here and now. That is the current generation. And either you accept that and you try to bring that generation into the game or you put three old heads up there who are talking about half the time and I'm talking about the game that's on the field right now and you turn off the whole younger audience. Then you have, one, then you have the oldest old head use an inappropriate term during the broadcast. When he made a comment... Uh, regarding Yohan Moncada and trying to compliment him because the guy's a great player. He's also built like a brick house. I mean, the guy's huge. And uh, said, you know, you wish you had, wish get a 40-acre field full of them, that you wish you had a whole team full of Yohan Moncadas. Uh, for those of you who are not familiar with uh, 40 acres and a mule, uh, 40 acres, very much a slavery type of, of reference. Now, Cott wasn't using it in that reference, right? What he was trying to say is, I wish I could get a, a whole minor league complex 
full of guys like Yoan Moncada who are really damn good ball players. But that's what happens when you have an old head who's 82 years old and is not really in touch with the current times and current social mores on a broadcast. They say stuff that was perfectly acceptable in their heyday, but their heyday was 50 years ago. And to have three guys who are essentially all senior citizens on your broadcast and you're trying to bring a younger audience in? What genius thought that up? Everything that Rob Manfred has been doing for the last eight years is geared to the younger audience. How do we speed up the game? Because they don't want to sit there and watch a three-hour and 40-minute game. Although in the playoffs, the the bitching about the time of the game usually falls off. Let's find ways to make the game faster. Uh, Let's not let them change pitchers so often. Let's not let them go out to the mound so often. Uh, Let's put a runner on second base during the regular season to kind of make things move. Right? They're talking about having a pitch clock. Talk about that forever. Talk about doing faster in between innings so that maybe instead of having, say, three minutes or four minutes in between every half inning and load them up with commercials, that'll be faster and they'll run the commercials like side by side. Uh, so you got half screen is half commercial, the other half of the screen is the field. Making the bases bigger. I mean, hell, this year in the uh, in the minor leagues, they moved the mound back. Everything they're doing is trying to appease the younger audience. So let's put three guys up there that don't give a flying rat's tail about the younger audience and see how well they want to watch the game. The whole thing was just stupid. And I'm not saying, you know, it's not like Bob Costas isn't an all-time great broadcaster. He is, but... Can you put him in the booth with somebody younger than Jim Cott? Now, Jim Cott's nickname is Kitty. Do you know how many people under the age of 35 know that? Here's Bob Costas calling Jim Cott. Hey, Kitty. And and people will probably look at the broadcast. Who the hell is Kitty? Because there's there's no ref people who are in their thirties and younger they don't know who Jim Cott is. This was just a a poor decision by MLB Network to put together all three of those guys who all three great on their on great merits on their own, but to put them all together, you basically ostracize your younger audience because that entire broadcast took on. A 40-plus field. And anybody under the age of 40 was probably scratching their head. What the hell are these guys talking about? And who are all these other people? It It was just a bad idea. And you're trying to grow MLB Network. You're trying to grow your game with the younger audience. It was a... That failed. Total fail. 713-7803-776-713-780. 713-7803-776-713-780. ESPN. That's two-way sports talk hotline. You want to get in here on the Astros. You know what to do. We'll get to it next. 
You're listening to ESPN 97.5. We're taking a break. Okay. That's cool. 